You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You're listening to episode 297 of the critically acclaimed PHP Podcast, where we embrace the elephant in the room and talk about it and love it. Just do a lot of inappropriate things with it. Yeah, no, I didn't we have mean to be drinking this much before. Lot of oh, that's not what we're doing. Patreon supporters, who we're going to we're going to show you all of them, whether you like it or not. We're going to expose all their names during this podcast. <laughs> this and is the doxing episode. We also want to thank our sponsor, Rebadger.io, which again we'll talk about more later. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson. And the two very rude individuals with me in this little trio of fun is John Tungan. So rude. That's my goal, to be rude. And Tom Rideout. I'm your host, Tom Rideout. With me, as always, Eric Van Johnson. Just got weird. Just got weird. Yeah, man, I don't know. You'd think we've done this once or twice before, but no. 297, gentlemen. 297. Three away from the unattainable... Episode 300. Sweet. So we're going to stop at 299? We were supposed to stop at 100 if you, if you, <laughs> yeah. you don't remember Gee, that. If you go back to the, the logs. I can't see how we could possibly do this after 100 shows. So I know it sounds weird. We're on 297. There is another San Diego-based podcast that is over 200, almost 300 episodes as well. What? Yeah, and they and they do a lot better job than we do. I'm Gonna need saying. more information. Well, that's not saying a whole lot. <laughs> oh my god! I'm trying to trying to figure out what episode they're up to. Well, what's what what's their okay? What's their maybe, show? They're, maybe they're only up to two twenty five. Yeah, two twenty five. See, oh, you can't amateurs. even give us credit, John. John John loves just knocking me down. Like I do. Every time I think I'm doing something good, he's like, "Yeah, no, you're not that good." I'm more excited that it's a San Diego-based podcast. It's are you going, are you it, going it, to it, share it? It is it is paraglidingtalk.com. Oh, my oh God. shut up! Oh, <laughs> Mute him Christ. now. Mute All him now, right. Tom. We're back to the two-person podcast. Yeah, Here we yeah, go. He, he's he's got just like me and Eric now. This is why we kick you off the show from time to time. But he's got like seven to ten advertisers on on that show. He gets super chats in YouTube. We don't hey, get Tom, you remember how much shit super, you gave me for talking too much chats. about other no. podcasts? Yeah, we don't get super chats yeah. in our show. Yeah, show. I understand now. We're not eligible for super chats, so don't worry about that to start off with. Oh. Also, <laughs> does this mean that you saw the paragliding video this week? The Which like one? The paragliding video of the week. Is it the one where he's falling out of the sky? Yeah, he's about to die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wasn't going to bring it up, but... Uh, that I've seen it all over the place, but yeah, it's, it was scary. I so, haven't. Are you going to share it in Trello or something? Because nope. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Do you have? Do you? Do you have a secondary parachute? Of course. A well, I mean, you say of course. I'm yes. not a class two uh, paraglidist, so I don't so, know how yeah. this works. So basically, what happens is this guy is up in the air. He does a maneuver, and 
there's the, one of the worst things that can happen is you become gift wrapped. So you basically go into your wing. Sounds pretty great to me. And and the the wing wraps around you. I was at a party once where I was gift wrapped. I had a blast. <laughs> so there's no there's no real way to come out of that. The guy pulls out his reserve and throws it, and it doesn't open. It just flails around behind them. It is Some, hilarious. Somehow it comes back to him. He grabs it and he's able to rip what's called the diaper off of the reserve. Very mature it, sport. And and throw it back out. So, you know, the video opens where he's about to hit the ground. Then it jumps to the part where he gets gift wrapped and he's falling. But in the end, he rips the again, story diaper off. So he throws it and he survives. My question is, how many jumps did you make after watching this video? I just haven't yet, jump. but he just runs. Just, he just yeah. runs really fast. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I know no, John's I watched, been on the. I know John's been on the PHP Ugly YouTube account because now I keep getting these recommendations called Friday Freakouts, which are just like these parachuters and paragliders like having issues. Yeah, sounds. I'm like, sounds I, thrilling. I, sounds I, like. I Boy. watch a I watch a lot of the paragliding gone wrong type videos as well. Sure, I mean, like, sure, wish I could engage in this activity, but I can't because I. Hey, John. That's John, what they call common John, sense. What, what, John. What, what? John, look at my video. Look at my video. I'm watching. Boom. Hi. Boom. Oh, Hi. Oh, you, you, with the thing. What? With the thing. Oh, I did the thing. I, I got to do the thing. I did the thing. Oh, now I'm gonna go do the thing. <laughs> I gotta do the thing. I just I don't understand the compulsion. I mean, like this week has been all like free climbing fails and paragliding fails, and I don't being black in public fails. It's it's been terrible. That sounds horrible. It's been awful, but it's been the focus of the week. So I had this on my Trello board. I'm going to go ahead and bring it up now, just because it seems appropriate, and then we can get into our our weeks and. Obviously, looking looking at you, Tom, we're really curious about your status. But before I do, I have I'm going to post an article to our Discord, which is at discord.phpugly.com. Come and join us for live conversations. Even now during the show, people are chat chatting with us, including people on YouTube. See you, see you there, Zombie Slayer. But Discord is the place to be throughout the week. We hang out there and we post our show notes there. So our we post our links during the show there, so it's just kind of cool. We can share all that. There you go. Look at you. You fixed. You did that just that quickly. I did That's the thing. amazing. I did the same thing. You did the thing. Um, John. Yes, sir. Your, para- your paragliding your paragliding podcast, do you think they're getting $50,000 to allow a guest on their show? No. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying... Our rule against not having guests on PHP Ugly may change. If somebody <laughs> comes and offers us $50,000, you can talk about whatever you want. Well, That's the new Patreon level. <laughs> be, a, be a guest on the podcast. Straight up shill. That's the Patreon level. We will do anything for money. <laughs> not not yes, the, uh, I, I got a chuckle or had a laugh. No, it's no. Straight up shill. Straight up shill. <laughs> there you go. So my my kid really wants to host a D and D, fifty thousand dollars. You do fifty thousand dollars, we'll let you host a D and D. That's that's the that's the Patreon <sighs> tier you need to be on. I dis I dislike that so much that I will I will shed a tear while cashing the check. 
All right, well, let's talk about checks to cash, Tom. Oh, you my God. checks in your future? No. Come on, give I'm, us some good news. I'm a monster. <laughs> okay. That's that's the good news. It's There has been Are you discussion. talking about monster.com? Are you on that now? <laughs> no. There's been discussion oh, wow. in the past. Oh, there, John. There's been discussion in the past about my questionable ethics regarding leveraging one offer against another. You wouldn't do that, would you? <laughs> it's come up. And here's the thing is that I I absolutely panicked when I lost my job and just spread spectrum, put myself out there. As and most it, would. Like the little coding whore you are. Little little Okay, so also I've 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 made mention of the podcast many potential employers so <laughs> calling myself a little coding whore not in my best interest right now i i apologize immediately for my colleague's behavior uh i've got a lot of offers that i have zero interest in hey that's better than having no offers that you're really hoping for right but i'm i'm like so not good at disappointing people because of a because you had no problem disappointing us due to due to a previous incident where i disappointed my friends and they never fucking let it go so at least you didn't get us fired well oh give it time give it time so i have have honestly one offer like one position i'm really interested in and like eight that i don't care about at all and the That's eight fine. are the eight are on my ass. And, That's fine. And recruiters are they eight, are they eight offering you more? No, no. So that, that was problem number one. Problem number one was I went out there and I was like, anything to replace what I what I'm missing now. And I should have really evaluated where I stand as a developer, educator, mentor. I mean, you know all of these things that are significantly better than what you guys do. And so I, I just, I just sort of put myself out there a little too cheap. And now I've got, well, like recruiters are like abandoned children. They really, they, they latch on once they realize who their real dad is and they don't let go. And, and I feel very terrible about it. I literally told one recruiter that I am not interested in furthering conversations. And they said, that's great. And scheduled a meeting with the the company the next day. They're not, they're not paying close attention and I feel bad for them. Let's be clear. You gotta, you have to understand the recruiters make you think that they're working for you. They're not. You're not paying them any money, right? So you can tell them everything you want to tell them. Leave me alone. Stop following me. Why do you keep looking in my window? Anything you want, they don't care. They'll say, "Yeah, sure, I will stop. I will stop immediately." So this is the by ghost, the way, this is the ghosting thing, you. though, right? Like ghosting is a totally is a thing with my generation, and you're taught like, "Hey, don't ghost people. It, it's rude." You are. What, what I still do it. What I've taken to doing is sleeping through interviews. Yeah, that'll work. That'll I work. got, 
I got a, I got a, uh, I got an email from a Fortune 500 company that said we are no longer interested in extending this offer, and I thought, well, yeah, I slept through your interview. <laughs> I didn't want it in the first place. And then that I'm curious. I'm and curious how many other industry that same Fortune 500 then contacted me again and said, "Hey, we think we have a great position for you." It's they're never not interested. This this process way. sucks. And I'm also going through it with my best friend who is a QA engineer who is like, "Oh yeah, no one called me today." And I'm like, "Yeah, buddy. Sorry I uh talked you into taking a job with my company." That's, uh, but you know, he's an adult. He made his own decisions. Yeah, That's fine. Yeah, we, uh, I wonder if there's any other industries that have the recruiter issue that, that we have. I mean, I'm an idiot. I don't know. My previous job, I don't think uh, my previous life as, as a water purification expert, we really didn't have recruiters knocking down our door. I think it's, um, I think with most other industries, it's very schmoozy. It's not the the high pressure thing that I keep getting because I, I did have one guy call me and say, hey, listen, I'm not one of those high pressure guys. And then 15 minutes later, I was like, listen, dude, I got to get off the phone with you. Like we are you are you are trying to sell me a car and I am not buying. So all the negativity to the side, it sounds like there are a couple of potential avenues you're interested in. Yeah, actually, thanks to. Our wonderful patrons on Patreon. Honeybadger.io? Oh, Patreon. Well, that's just as good. Wait, explain this. I received a message from someone on Patreon, from someone, actually, I don't know if they're on Patreon, from someone within our Discord, discord.phpugly.com, who said, hey, check this thing out. And so far, that's the one that has panned out best that, that I'm actually interested in. So obviously, can't get into like company names or usernames, but. Because you're worried somebody come in there and snipe that position from you? <laughs> Terrified. Okay, so the big news of the week, I'm wearing a Padres cap, a brand new Padres cap, I might add. Juan Soto, Zo- no, one of the most exciting ball players. Zooming into you just for this terrible Let me segment. Help you. Boom. One of the most exciting ball players to watch, who had previously played on the Washington Nationals, which is another favorite team of mine. It was actually one of the few teams my dad and I could agree on for. Juan Soto got traded to San Diego Padres, and I couldn't be happier. So let's go Soto. I'm Team Soto. I have been for a long time. All right. You're no longer the focus of this conversation. You don't know anything. I have to say, I have told a number of people about my leadership roles with SD PHP and SD Laravel and how I've really helped you guys develop SD PHP into a brand. However, is that what you're telling people? Yeah, it is unexpected consequence. People who I'm interviewing with are listening to the podcast, (laughs) which I always have to tell them like, listen, no, it's like, it's a PHP podcast, but but don't please don't listen to it. <laughs> please don't please don't judge me on anything that happens on that. We I mentioned PHP in the last fifteen minutes or so every episode, but that's that's the most it's, pretty on par for that this it's, time. It's really about how I'm helping you guys, and not about me as a PHP developer. 
John, how's, do you how's have that, anything? How's that working out for you? Uh, well, you know what ghosting is. <laughs> we we've already had this conversation. <laughs> so I've been I've been ghosted by a number of people who have listened to the podcast. Oh yeah, no. So so wait, not a good. What fit. about the one? What about the one that you really like, where it was a patron that recommended you? I don't think it's a patron. I think it's a listener. And you said through Patreon. I'm confused. I was, I was, I was confusing it's, Patreon with Discord. I think you've got, you've got to understand Tom's like embellishment conversation. I really technique. don't think I've embellished anything today, but I think there's a mutual understanding that the that the podcast does not reflect well upon me in general. Sometimes it does, but in general it doesn't. So it doesn't need to be brought up if it doesn't have to be. I also tell people I'm Eric. <laughs> That rounds things out. That looks bad for you, John, because so many people think I'm John. That would leave you to be Tom, John. I don't want people thinking I abuse marijuana to the point where I can't speak for an entire episode. Happened one time. Yeah. No, I. But I have like a favorite bookmark to that episode. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, you want to hear what it's like? this This is the one. John's doing great. He got better. It, yeah, do you got anything the process to is talk awful. about from this week? Oh my is... fucking God. Are we still talking about this? We're 20 minutes into the show. We're going to have to pause for any honey badger here in a minute. Let's let John get his week out of the way, please. Right. My week. I've had fun working with event sourcing and Eric. I've been enjoying the pair programming with you. None of what you said makes sense. That was actually... It was actually fun because John started doing some experimental coding this week, <laughs> and it was it was a learning process for the both of us. I, I have to admit, but it was uh, it was a little entertaining. John's like, "This is such a bad idea. We shouldn't do it this way." But I'm really curious if it's going to work. Uh, would have had we continued down the road, but we uh, abandoned because I realized, oh wait, the test was against something else, and I fixed it up, but. I've used anonymous classes a couple of times. So I was like trying to crowbar an anonymous class into this test, trying to just see if I can make it work. And, but it's hard when it's like all the thoughts are in my head and I'm saying, no, type this, type that, go seven lines up and do this and do that. So I'm like trying to remote control Eric into typing, but at the same time, like wanting one I don't know if it's going to work, so I'm trying different things. I'm trying to show Eric something he, I don't think he'd seen before. So you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so it was just a lot of things coming together, and then we ended up abandoning it. Well, so was this a, like a prototyping session? No, it was in the event sourcing code. Uh, I had a test that was working, and I think a bad refactor happened where we... I'm not exactly sure how it happened, but a I newed up an object in my test because I was testing that object, and then all of a sudden, uh, through some refactor, it had changed. And I want to say PHP Storm some refactor tool caused it, but I'm not sure how because I use it all the time and I never have this issue. So I don't use PHP Storm. Again, I use it all the time and I've never had the issue, so, so I'm not sure what happened there. What were you using for pair programming? I mean, like, are we talking, you've got Eric's we, ridiculous relative line count thing? 
we should have been using code with me, but it really was, I was jumping on. So it really was just a zoom screen share. Uh. And I was telling Eric what to do versus jumping on code with me, which we have used plenty of times and it works out. Okay. Again, the relative line number thing, the relative line number thing is so, so dumb. he He turns it off now. But okay. I've also gotten into like as long as he's not moving, like no, go seven lines up. So I got you, Eric. It's all good. He is a heavy scroller. No, he's gotten better. You've gotten better, Eric. As we're as we're talking, you stop so that I can see the the relative line number and tell you what to do. Eric's getting what? madder and madder as this goes. No, he's good. No. What was your experience with it? Who who you asking? Eric, well, I didn't do it with the, with I, the event sourcing. I mean, continuation of the peaks and valleys, you know, like we start, I think, you know, you and I both kind of had that feel, or I felt like it was a shared feeling of feeling of a lot of things coming together this week. And, you know, we're kind of getting, getting over a, a little bit of a hump. Uh, yeah. I, you know, my, my opinion hasn't changed that much. It's, I, I will. I still want to do it a couple more times and a couple other projects so that it's not such a struggle for me to understand. But yeah, I mean, you definitely feel like you're programming on a different level when you're doing this sort of stuff. Like I said, I couple that with the whole concept of value objects and single responsibility. And I mean, we're doing. We're not just doing event sourcing. We're kind of bringing a lot of kind of approaches into this project and it's that whole that whole package is starting to feel good like now for just seems like doing like a normal crud app but is like almost a step back not not to say there's anything wrong with it like you know event sourcing has its place and crud apps have 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 their place but like yeah it's just you definitely feel like that you're doing some so you're getting that comfort level yeah and the other other thing we don't talk a lot about on this project we don't share a lot about on this project yeah the event sourcing is definitely the hands-on coding kind of architecture or or implementation kind of paradigm shift that i'm going through but the architectural conversations that john and i are having about this particular app and i know i'm being vague and i have to be vague it's a client's app and blah 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 but the architectural conversations that we're we're talking about and our, our approaches to implementation is something else I really have been enjoying. Like, I really feel like we're we're thinking on a different level with how we're implementing this. And this is assuming everything works out, right? I mean, if it doesn't work <laughs> out, we're just idiots who just like you know didn't do anything for a couple of weeks, but. Like we're delivering things. I've had conversations with the client on we're working on it and we're already delivering things that the client had not anticipated. And the client feels is is a major game changer for what they're wanting to do. Mm-hmm. And that just feels good. It all seems very achievable. Like it's not simple stuff, but the approach we're taking with the event sourcing and the kind of abstract abstracted approach we're taking with the code it's just it's all going to come it's all going to come together it's going to work and it's going to be great and i think it's really something that the client's wanting and that's just really exciting i just want to get there 
yeah. just to kind of let them, you know, let them say, yes, this is perfect. The thing I'm really enjoying about it, it's my first Greenfield event source project. Decoupling our mind from the database, because as developers, we are so focused on what the database looks like, where when you can focus on the class that you're working with, our aggregate, when you're just building up the state of your application and not thinking database, to me is freeing. And I don't know if you've gotten to that point yet with our discussions, but taking your aggregate, building up the state of all of the pieces within it and not worrying about how you're going to persist it at this point, to me is a game changer. I'm getting there. I have to, that was one of the, that was one of the things I had said that you were just kind of like, eh, whatever. I'm like, no, I thought that was like really important, man. You know, because gotten to a point where we are persisting data now. So we're like, okay, we need to persist this data. So the whole concept is that the state of the data and how the data is getting in that state is all part of the event sourcing, right? You know, how did this, this object become that object and how was this added and when was that blah, 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 whatever. Then we, when you want to do certain things to the data, you will persist it out to a table. You'll project to, it. to do that. You're great. Right. Project it. We're not calling. I mean, well, because we are persisting weird. the data. We're persisting the events. So you are persisting yeah. as you're going. Yeah. You're just up until this week, we weren't projecting it to traditional tables or read models that you're going to query. So I right. Think that's so we difference. did that. We did that this week, and, and you don't have to project everything, right? You just project the specific data that you're going to want to do something with. You know, in this case, like make searchable by a client, right? I mean, it was no not anything mind blowing. But when I was doing it, I was like, well, shoot, how are we gonna? How do we track to make sure that this projected data is actually current? And then I remembered, you know, looking through the event sourcing stuff that the events have a version associated to them. So every time an event happens, it version versions it. This is very similar. I make this comparison a lot. This is very similar to CouchDB. Every time CouchDB does something to a record, it versions it. So you can see what version that record is at. Well, you can do the same thing with event source. Well, you're talking about that, so that have, eventual consistency thing? Well, that's different. That Yeah. No, it's not even that's a different concept, but yes, that's that's a Similar. that's a yeah. Uh, so the you can get that version from the event store. So when you when the record's updated, you know, you can grab what version that record's at. So I'm like, hey, this is what I'm gonna do. The data that I projected out, I'm going to attach the version to it. So if there's ever a, if there's ever some discrepancy of whether or not the projected data is actually the current data we would be able to tell by looking at the versions. And I'm like, yeah, John, you know, I, yeah, I just, I just went and did this. And John's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> like, you <laughs> asshole. I was really proud of that. I think it was awesome that you found that data and you were using, using it for a reason. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, I mean, you know what I use for a very specific reason? What is that? What would that be? This episode of PHP Ugly is sponsored by HoneyBadger.io, the web developer's secret weapon. HoneyBadger offers exception, uptime, and cron monitoring all in one place, and it is easily installed into your web application. Deploy with confidence and be your team's DevOps hero. Their list of features can fit a team of any size. Are you just starting out? Have a fantastic free plan for life that you can use while your traffic is low. 
Are you an established business? Perfect. You should have a system in place to alert you to errors in real time, not finding out when your web visitors complain, if they ever do. In addition, their third-party integrations will let you connect some of the most commonly used alerting services so that you can know at a moment's notice if things go wrong. Head over to honeybadger.io to sign up for a free account to get started. And while you are listening to a PHP podcast, HoneyBadger supports so many languages, including Ruby, JavaScript, Elixir, Python, Go, and so many more. Head over to honeybadger.io and start your trial today. Thank you, Thank Honey you. Badger. Thank you, Honey Badger. Thank you, Honey Badger. Honey Badger, not only a sponsor, but a product we use every day in the real world. Honeybadger.io. I swear to God, I thought you were going to say victim. What? Not, just, not only a sponsor, but also a victim. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> They're dealing with our data, so. So Possibly. I got access to something that I had actually totally forgotten was even a okay, thing. Okay, we said we weren't going to talk about this. JetBrains sent me an email saying, hey, you now have access to Fleet. Go to your toolbox and download it. What the fuck is Fleet? I'm like, I'm like, fuck. That's what I said. I'm like, fuck is Fleet? I don't remember what a Fleet is. Yeah, Fleet was a thing everybody was excited about. Fleet is this, was is this the new IDE? Well, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It's the new IDE. It's not the it's not the reskin of existing IDEs that I've been using for the like the last month or two now. It's probably been a couple of months. I've been using PHP Storm like daily with the with the reskin. Fleet is actually a different IDE editor that's meant to be more of a general purpose IDE editor. So like VS uh, no, Code. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I take this back. I take that back meant to be more of a general purpose editor, not an IDE per se. You There's there's a button you can hit that, that activates the IDE functionality of it. I don't like any of what you're saying. Yeah, you know, I have to be honest with you. If you've listened to the show long enough, you know one of my big caveats with using any editor is that it it's has cheating. to have Vim bindings. It's fucking cheating. It has to have Vim bindings. Oh, Vim bindings. And this thing, Fleet, I mean, unless I'm mistaken, I didn't see any way to do any sort of plugins, much less any sort of Vim IDE implementation. So I played with it for a little while. And I mean, I tell you, after playing around with the new UI for PHP Storm, my interest in Fleet had fleeted away a little bit. I just didn't really have a lot of excitement around it. I still think there's there's a need for it, right? I mean, people like uh, people yeah, but- like VS Code people who have one editor for multiple languages and all sorts of weird things. Uh, you know, this is that's the audience Fleet is is looking to target. You know, it just it's not for me right now. Uh, I, I don't know. And even if it did have them bindings, I'm not sure. Well, I thought it was I'm supposed not to be sure. a complete rewrite, so it was supposed to be faster, better memory usage, like all of that. So that, that's the thing. It might be. Like I said, I honestly couldn't use it that long. It, without them bindings, it's 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 just not functional for right. for me personally. Right. I, I so agree it. With that. It might be it might be very fast. It might I don't know how it compares to VS Code because I don't use VS Code either. So yeah, it's a thing. They're still working on it. They're still letting people in. I'm sure they'll get there yeah, that's, eventually. Exactly. And like I said, I, there, there was a way to do plugins. I just didn't see it. And so you just got access and, to it yeah. today. No, I uh, it was last week. I got access to it. Yeah. So I had 
fun today. Eric and I have decent machines. Like, the processes are good. We have plenty of memory. There are no MacBooks, but yeah. I'm dealing with a, a decent-sized PR, and we're using PHP Stand for static analysis, which is fantastic. I have another developer that figures out, like, oh, I just figured out how to do PHP Stand with a baseline. So you go to your develop branch, you get a baseline file. Now when you rerun it, you're going to see only the changes between the baseline and the PR you're working on, which is fantastic. Oh, that seems very helpful. Yeah, that seems very yeah, helpful. It's, that, uh, that came up in the uh, Discord channel a while ago. Did it? I missed that. So anyway, last night he gives me like 40 issues with my PR, which is great. I start knocking them out this morning and I'm like, hey, how do I run this again on my own so that I don't have to bother you with it? So he gives me everything. says, here's the command you run to do it. And I'm like, great, let me run it. I start it up and I, I don't hear anything with my headphones on, usually. Hmm? I was, all of a sudden hear the fan on my computer. Just go, I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, all right. I'm going to walk away for a few minutes. I come back. My fan is still cranking. And I'm like, this shouldn't take this long to run. What the hell is going on? I kill the process because my everything is going really slow. I ask him, how long does this normally take on your machine? He goes, well, it depends on, on your hardware. I'm like, I've got a beefy machine. That shouldn't be an issue. Well, it takes, it runs about a minute and 45 seconds for me. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what the hell is going on here? He goes, well, after you run it the first time, it's heavily cached. I'm like, okay, so that must be the issue. He clears his cache and runs it again. Six and a half minutes all in. I'm like, something is wrong. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have HTOP running. I fire uh, it up again. I 100% know what's wrong. I'm going to challenge you to that in a second. Immediately, my fan cranks up. I watch my machine go from 20 gigabytes of memory used to 64 gigabytes of memory used. And all, all my processors pegged. And I can barely do anything. Like, I move my mouse and it moves like a quarter inch on the screen. Yeah. All right. So what do you think the ultimate issue was? Virtualization. Nope. I'm going to go with you're not using your GPU. Nope. Damn. I tried. I, I finally got that process killed. We tried a bunch of things. And finally, I'm like, you know what? My my directory has been around for a decade. I I do things in here. Oh, your NPM? No. Not NPM, but because I've cleared that out plenty of times. But I'm like, there's got to be something in my file system that is messing this up. Let me clone the repo from scratch. Try again. Sure shit, it worked fine. I still don't have a smoking gun, but I'm assuming somewhere within my file system, I have a circular reference with either a sim link or something funky where it just never ends. I would actually guess that it's your history file. So VS Code is bad at history. If you close it and reopen it, you can't really undo anything you've done. And if you install a history plugin, then it creates time-stamped files for everything that you've changed. Well, I don't use VS Code, so I don't No, but that would it's be it. the, the same concept applies to... Anything that supports Control Z is if I know it's, that I know that PHP Storm does have a local history of some sort. 
I have since recopied my .idf directory from the old project, but I don't think I've run PHP stand since I've done that. So I will try that later to see that if that's the case. My, my guess is yeah. that you have some kind of history file that has every change you've executed in the history of every file that is causing that. Because I did encounter that with VS Code and only saw it because Git was not told to ignore the new history directory. I will check that. I, I will be surprised if that's it, but I will let you know for sure. I'm, like I'm I curious. Said, I, I, re, I recopied the file and I would do it now, but it would kill our, <laughs> at least my stream. That's never bothered you before. That's true. That's true. But also, again, over a decade, I've done lots of stupid things within the directory to do different things. And I may not have committed something and I could definitely see making a circular reference of some sort. Well, and that's why I guessed virtualization in the first place is because virtualization does create those circular references depending on how well you've configured your environment. So I've, I've seen public directories pointing to virtualized public directories that had the same content, and then it just ends up endlessly looping on CSS and JS files. Yeah. I don't know. I'll keep looking for it. I mean, it... it, it Keep us posted I, in Discord. I'm really curious if when you run it, I, it's that idea. Yeah, I was so frustrated because I've had different issues over the past few weeks running. NPM was a big one a couple of weeks ago. I was the only one that wasn't able to rebuild anything. And again, I don't know why. So I do you up, still use NPM I, or do you use Yarn? NPM. So Yarn I don't is, even... Yarn is outdated, isn't it, at this point? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to use Jeremy anymore. Yeah, I think... I don't Jeremy's know, man. I've had several conversations where NPM just vomited errors and Yarn was like, yeah, I understand what's going on. Like, Yarn was still working. Maybe, but not. We used Yarn years ago, but I don't think that's as big of a thing anymore. But going back to, I had NPM issues. The only way I got those resolved was literally remove my containers and download fresh containers. Don't know why that fixed that issue. And then I have this just issue. So I'm talking to somebody I'm like, I mean, I'm isn't that so the problem with NPM? Right NPM just, no. just starts to not Poss- work. Possibly. But I was so frustrated. I'm like, I'm questioning my life decisions right now. I could have gone into air traffic control. I could have become an airline pilot. I could beg for money on the corner, all of which sounded better than being a software developer right now. <laughs> So you know that feature when you do an NPM install or an NPM upgrade? And- it's add now. Amazingly enough, NPM install, not even a thing anymore. That's weird because I just did one today. No, so if you, if you upgrade software. to the newest version of NPM, it's NPM add. Install no. throws an error. It's-, it's so crazy. Anyways, when you run those commands, how NPM let you know if you have any security vulnerabilities and oh yeah yeah i wish composer had that they do that's coming to the new no it totally is no totally is wait it'll automatically do a security scan wasn't it available before if you included rove security Yes. Now, now it's just part of the the base install. Now you don't have to. It'll just automatically do it. There's also a a new composer audit command that you can run that will that you can manually scan everything and, and get 
feedback in. But the one I'm looking for some understanding of, and I'm hoping one of you might have read this article or had heard about this, is the new composer bump command. So what I'm understanding about this new command is that if you run composer bump and one of your packages has an upgrade that's within the constraint of what that package is on the upgrade, Composer will update your composer.json file with that new package package version. Sure. I guess where I'm losing out is I don't understand what the purpose of that as opposed to just doing a Composer upgrade where Composer will still continue to upgrade the packages within that constraint. It just... It just doesn't show you that current version that it's using in your composer JSON file. I mean, what am I missing something there? Yeah. My, sorry. What's even, I was just going to say, I'm assuming it just makes it a little more clear what, instead of having to go look in the lock file of what's installed, it's there right in your JSON file. But Tom, you were clearly on a track to say he was missing something. What is he missing? No, I mean, that's, that's correct. One of the problems here is that the, the syntax for Composer is a little Willy Wonka. Um, if you have a caret and then a major version and then a minor version, the minor version gets ignored. But if you have a caret and then a major version and then a minor version and then a security version, the security version gets ignored. So it depends on how you format the whole string. It can be very confusing. The, the minor, the minor gets ignored. It so the, only upgrades the, the security. The yeah, the caret means the last dot in the sequence gets ignored. So if you if you are extra specific and say Not ignored, it's the only thing that gets upgraded. Right. So bump is doing is really making your composer JSON match your JSON lock file. Um, so I, I guess my next question, my follow-up question to that would be then why wouldn't you just make that a feature of Composer Upgrade? Like why, why have it be a separate command? Because minimum supported versions in most frameworks, I'm not going to call anyone out here, minimum supported versions in most frameworks allow for upgrades that are uh, totally transparent. So... Well, John, I mean, you, do you have a better explanation than I do? Well, just reading through the article now, it's now you're saying that with the bump, you're saying this is my lowest available or allowed version? Yes. So if something happened, you're not going to allow a lower version to run. Yes, but bump also follows the constraints of your versioning syntax, which can include... Uh, Carrot, which denotes the lowest security version, or tilde, which denotes any version within this certain syntax. It- but is it taking in consideration dependencies? So, like, if I in- install a Spotty package and it expects a certain composer always you know- takes dependencies into account, but it will only update your composer JSON. So. If you if if you have a dependency that requires a bug fix version but doesn't require a major version, then it will upgrade you to the bug fix version. It will bump your version to the bug fix version. 
I don't think John actually, agrees with you. Actually, bump doesn't upgrade anything. Bump takes whatever right. is in your whatever is in your current composer lock file and sets your composer JSON to that minimum. So you you would do an an upgrade first, do all your tests, make sure everything runs fine. Then you can bump your JSON file to match your lock file. I see. And oh, I see. So, so you you'd run your upgrade first, you test it. If thing everything works, you bump it so that like you said, matches, and then you can commit that to your... Yeah, so the, the exact text here is Composer Bump updates the Composer JSON with new version numbers, but only within the allowed major-minor patch limits. So it actually it actually doesn't what, require the exactly lock... What? No, but it actually doesn't require the lock file. This will just update your Composer JSON. <laughs> it specifically says, requires a lock file. <laughs> or it does John you didn't let Tom finish talking here I added another link into the I don't, show notes I'm not seeing that thank, thank you I just added it in uh, I don't know if pasting it directly ah. into the show notes works but that's a, it, will. it just takes a minute yeah. for, for the bot to it's pick a dick it up move, but should. I'll accept it <laughs> so okay fun- Go ahead. One more thing I was just going to say, from the from the link that you posted, Eric, I got to the link that I just posted. Okay, cool. I like the other stuff a lot more. Um, the audit command, the security scans, but then we get we get even further into like packages that recommend dash dev uh, packages that are outdated is a big deal. So like now, if I'm installing things through Composer, it'll look it up on packages and say, hey, this person marked this package as outdated. There's a new referential package you should you know, use instead. Like there's a, there's a lot of features here that, uh, that aren't that one that apparently I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to move on. I got some bad news for you. I got some bad news. It's pretty much what you do. If you, if you use GitLab... GitLab plans to delete dormant projects of free accounts. So if you have projects on GitLab and you're on their free tier and that project has sat dormant for over a year, they're planning on de- deleting it. Oh, hey, shite. I got some we good be- news. We better go. I got, <laughs> I got some good news. GitLab decided that was a bad idea <laughs> and apologized for suggesting it. And they are no longer going to do that. So... I just yeah. had my heart racing. I'm like, crap, we got a ton of... I'm, ton I'm of so glad. I'm so glad that GitLab <laughs> has been listening to the podcast and learning from our example. That I know, I the, decision, the, the decision God. that you make today, you probably shouldn't make tonight. I'm like, God damn it. I, you know, how expensive is GitLab? Maybe I'll just pay for an account just so no, I don't have to worry about to, that. It's easy enough to clone and then move to something else That's that we're true, already too. paying yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. So I... I immediately put that article in, in Trello. I'm like, this is horrible. And I started looking around. And then, like, a well, it's, second it's, later, I saw on Twitter that, oh, yeah, by the, by the way, that thing we talked about doing yesterday, we decided not to do it. It's, it's the register. <laughs> we, don't, we don't like the register. Now, it was on Twitter, too. I think GitLab's posted post on Twitter where they said that they you know, you know what is You know what is difficult but entirely worthwhile? Honeybadger.io? What? 
becoming a patron uh, on Patreon. It's a new month. It's a new Patreon screen. This is why you want to watch the show, just to see our wonderful Patreon supporters in the beautiful screen that they're on. That is a updated list, by the way. Some let go of some riff raff. It happens sometimes. You just gotta. Oh, oh, that's a problem. <laughs> well, that's embarrassing. Who who didn't do that correctly? Oh crap! I think that was my fault. I, I do. I do always love at about one o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, no matter what you the do, messages Tom, from Dropbox. Let, let this let this keep playing. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I can't. There you go. Did you just hit the wrong button? What happened? No, no, no. It, uh, it's the, the little film. I, I have to copy the, the whole thing. It's a whole process. You guys don't appreciate all the work I put into this. You really don't. There you go. I paused it so that your embarrassment isn't isn't Thank once you. again brought to the forefront. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fixing it. I'm fixing it now. So it won't be an issue moving forward. We are yeah, extraordinarily you. grateful to our patrons, to Honey Badger. Tom's especially grateful if he gets a job from you guys. So thank that, you. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. You clarified it wasn't our great patrons who who helped you get a I, job. Well, it was no, yeah. just somebody. No, it's somebody. If you're wondering who ruined no, it, it's Eric who I, ruined it. I honestly forgot. Honestly forgot because that's how you started off. And I and I saved a thing. Just for you on our Trello board. Thank God. Uh, Artisan Tinker in Vim with Tinker Ray. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be excited about this. Do you Do you want feedback on it? Or? I mean, I, so, I did. So, honestly. Did. For, no, for, no, for no me, you're right. No, no, it's no, fine. No, no, listen. It's fine. Listen, listen to me. Listen, listen freaking to me for a second. So, first thing, this uses that, that spotty service x-ray, which I don't use. But to further expand on that, for me personally, when I code using Vim, running Tinker is not an issue for me. Like I, with my configuration, yeah, I, I bring up this little floating terminal. I fire I up know. Tinker, and it's in there running. It really, uh, so it's, it's great. What, what is I, I'm Spotty's sh- package? Because I, we had signed up for it at some point. Right? Did we? Oh no, we we. we we purchased that event sourcing tutorial um, or whatever it was, and it came with X-ray. Now the tickets. Oh. Now the tickets archived. You can't even put it in the uh, discussion points. X-ray. You know? So the person who who created that is actually really fantastic. Vim, a Laravel developer who uses Vim frequently. So yeah, I mean, I don't use X-ray, so I didn't care in. The concept of running Tinker in Vim is just not that difficult. So, again, didn't really care. But yeah, yeah. If you're you, excited about Control it, Z and you type Tinker, you're done. You're good to go. It said Vim in the title, so I put it on there, thinking that I would somehow be respected for acknowledging <laughs> that, that Vim is a thing. I apologize. Moving on. I told so, uh, myself may, maybe I'm wrong. Actually, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe so just a th- chance. I thought I thought this this Laravel Ray was a spotty service because, like John said, we kept getting emails about it. Hey, you haven't used your 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 free trial, and I'm like, I don't care to use it. It looks no, like it there's is. also a package out there. 
Can we talk about the state of Laravel 2022? It's a, it's a desktop app for Mac OS. Ray is oh, there's so many reasons why I wouldn't be using Ray, that Ray right is a now. beautiful, lightweight desktop app for Mac OS, Windows, and Linux that helps you debug your Laravel application faster. Yeah, that explains it. If only I your just... ad reads were so good. <laughs> I think my ad reads are pretty good, damn it. Well, they're all... So how's this... Oh, this is for debugging. So this is different than Tinkerwell, which is a desktop yes. app for yes, Tinker. Yes, it is different. Which runs on Linux, by the way. I do have... I have installed that. I I don't use it because I haven't figured out how to use it with Lando. But, uh, yeah, it's just not that big of a deal for me. Yeah. Glad I brought it up. The state of Laravel.com has released their 2022 survey results. Have you guys read this at all? Negative. No, but Ray is looking pretty cool to me. Anyway, go, go ahead. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you know we do a podcast, right? We do? Oh, the survey, I thought we were just talking together. Survey is kind of fascinating. But, but for me, mostly because of the first result and the last result. Okay. The first result is how many people completed the survey? Down and this, 42%. This year is down 42% from well, last year. To be fair, this year people can go outside and do things. Last year people were just looking sure. for things to do. But then you look at the last result, innovation speed. The question was, the Laravel ecosystem is changing slash innovating too fast. And it is the only question that has a footnote that says, I'm pretty sure people misunderstood the question. <laughs> Wait, where does it say that? Uh, this is the last there result. Have, there have been comments indicating that the question may be misunderstood by participants. Why? How? How would that be? How would that be misunderstood? I'm wondering. I d- how, how would somebody misunderstand? I'm not. I'm that? not sure. But this is this is the question that was relevant to me out of the entire survey because I did the survey. Sure. Sure. And sure, the question sure. to me was: Is Laravel? fucking up by moving too fast and the answer not the question exactly but yeah sure but the answer was overwhelmingly yes uh 50 would i would say yeah a strong 50 percent agree yeah half the people 50 percent agree 30 percent were neutral only only 18 percent disagreed so you're gonna so it is everyone has to decide for themselves how to weigh these numbers so you're gonna weigh it in the favor of how you feel right so like the only question do our surveys in the future (laughs) exactly so so everyone can interpret it to pretty pretty sure they didn't understand what i was asking that is that is it is such a weird caveat to the to the only question that criticizes laravel holy smokes every every other question the location one you see the location one yeah it's also weird i never I didn't plan. North America is third on the list. Europe and Asia is the question is what continent do you live on? So these are the people responding to the survey and overwhelmingly Europe is ahead. Like they're 49% as of this year. And Asia is at almost 20%, 19 and a half. And then America is only, you know, 14 and a half percent. That's that's shocking to me. I would not have thought that. Okay. Yes, that value is shocking. 
take into account all the other values because a hundred percent of the results feel like bullshit. Years of pro- years of programming experience. Ten percent have twenty plus years of experience. Ten percent have twenty plus years experience. Yeah. Well, I fall into uh, that category. But you don't use Laravel. Years, years of years of Laravel experience. Fifty percent have two to five years, because two to five years is the most vague possible value to apply to a study that only has ten years of of values. All right, but not my biggest problem. My biggest problem: Are you publishing or contributing to open source projects or packages? Okay. Sixty overwhelmingly people said no. Sixty percent said no. Forty-one, forty, forty-one percent said yes. What's wrong with that? Do yeah. Do you contribute to I, open I mean, source packages? Yes, I have commits that the, have been accepted. Not on the regular. Would you say I, you contribute or have contributed? I have contributed. I wouldn't say I contribute. I'm not actively contributing to any open source package. Right. So, the, I mean, the question on its own, I, you're going to tell me 40% of Laravel developers contribute to open source projects. I don't know that. That's, that's, sure. That sounds outright ridiculous to me. Yeah. Primary operating systems that spreads the exact same way you would expect it to. Primary code editor, it's PHP Storm. Actually, there's a lot more Linux there than I than I anticipated. Really? Like Linux and Windows is are neck and neck there. You're both Linux. Yeah, I thought I thought I was an outlier here. The TypeScript response. Of what- okay, this is bullshit. Primary code editor. There's only one point two nine percent using Vim. Yeah, no, that's probably- or Emacs. Come there are on, other programming languages. We've got thirty-two percent TypeScript. Yeah, that's a big, big thing right now. TypeScript. I, TypeScript's I a big guess. Thing. I don't understand the difference between TypeScript and, and JavaScript. I mean, it's just TypeScript compiles into JavaScript, so you can have strong right, typing. That's what I'm saying. But it's the same. It's the same. So, okay, appli- so. application application context. Do you do Laravel for business or for pleasure? Ninety-five yes. percent for business. Fifty percent for pleasure. Fifty-six percent for pleasure. Eric, is the that title tracks. bot running? Yeah. Oh. Nope. You're say oh. Well, I mean, like, we're going to have to look into that. <laughs> what version of Laravel are you using for your application? I feel like this is a litmus test because eighty-two percent said they're they're running Laravel nine. Eighty-two percent said Laravel nine is their current version. Well, yes, Tom. If you're using Laravel, you have to stay current. Come on. I got bigger problems. The bot's acting up. The bot is is turning against us. This is not good. I don't even remember where that where that runs on. <laughs> that, that's a problem. I have. I have. Yeah. <laughs> Really is. I have avoided telling you. Livewire is fucking awesome. Right? I know. It is so awesome. I got a developer. So the project I'm working on, another developer's working on the front end and 
is doing Livewire, and it's a big deal because it's the first time we're introducing Livewire to this client, and it's just so awesome. I mean, like that. That doesn't even like that doesn't even cover how awesome Livewire is, and so I. As, Game changer, right? As part of no, as part of my un- as part of my unemployment, I have been learning all of the front end frameworks. So I've done Livewire, Alpine, you know, the Caleb Porzio stack, as they call it. View, React. So you can finally say full stack and not complain about it. Different conversation. I actually had a I had an interview where they said, "Are you full stack?" And I said, "I can do JavaScript and PHP, but if you ask me to do CSS, I will literally quit that day." And he did not like that answer. Yeah, future employees employers don't typically like to hear that sort of. Well, I, but he then he then emailed me later and said, "Oh, I understand." But I feel like I feel like added that to the story to make yourself sound but whatever well i know i am better i am the best turns out uh, the the cure for imposter syndrome is being embracing no being (laughs) recruited by 40 people who think you're god (sighs) but livewire i was stunned stunned by the considerations that were taken the uh, debounces, the persist stuff. I mean, it's all stuff that's part of Alpine that I, I learned later. Alpine does this natively, but Livewire includes all of this uh, behavior to mitigate exactly what I'm concerned about. But authentication doesn't work. What do you mean authentication doesn't work? That's crazy. No, it's, it doesn't. It's, Laravel, it works fine. You're not doing it right if you think it doesn't work. So I'm very used to request objects, and Livewire totally circumvents the concept of request objects. No, that sounds like a you issue, not a Livewire issue. If you look up authentication for Livewire, it's basically like the shrugged shoulders emoji, and it's like... It's just using Laravel's stuff. It just says there's there's stuff, but there's uh, stuff, but yeah. like model persistence. I my huge concern with Livewire is authentication because it does not really. I don't see it really with authentication. Really doesn't cover authentication. No, the way that wrong. I would want it, it to. Ab- well, that might be the case. It might not do it how you expected it to be done, but it handles it just fine. It, so it wrong. handles it under the assumption that you have the Spady authentication package installed. No, I don't think it does. I will disagree with you there. Alpine, on the other hand, Ooh, I'm in love. I'm in love with Alpine. I, I spent 20 hours learning Alpine. And that's pretty much everything there is to know about Alpine. Yeah. 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 And then so so I went from Alpine to Vite. How do you compile Alpine assets? How do you separate them? How do you persist models between things? And I I ran across a kind of a funny article called How to Optimize Laravel Application Performance. 
who was written by the creator of Laravel News. This this article was published two days ago, and the like. One of the main topics of discussion is learn how to use Laravel Mix, which is no longer the standard for Laravel. Are you sure about this? Yeah, I need you need to show me a link. That's it's in the how to optimize performance, how to optimize Laravel application performance. And quickly gets into how do you use Mix to bundle things and process your files faster. It was written by, I can't get the name now. Just moved it over. It was was written by Eric Eric Barnes, the creator of Laravel News. The creator of Laravel News, and it was released... One first, 2022. It was released one week after the announcement, or two weeks after the announcement that Laravel Vite is is the new thing. And I just thought that that is yeah. that is such a that is such a perfect example of like, hey, these results don't seem right. So reference previous surveys we've performed, I and, and judge it with your own eyes. Listen, the, this, they, they have the catch-all the on this. The dude... Laravel iterates quickly. Sure. The dude Iterate. obviously spent weeks writing this nice article. And right before he released his article, Laravel came out and said, Hey, Mix is dead. Vite's the way of life now. And I'm like, <laughs> imagine the crushing feeling where he's like, Fuck it. Release the article anyways. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not what... Dude, you know, said, you, you have, a, imagine if you released a magazine just for a second and you're like, here's how Laravel Mix works. And then days before publication, Laravel came out and was like, Vite's the new thing. Mix is dead. Like, obviously, fuck you. Fuck you. A minor, a minor release. And now you're telling me that the CSS compiler is different than the one I just spent weeks writing an article about how to optimize, how to do it right. No, this article came out August. It's literally a paragraph in this entire thing. Oh, and do you think he, do you think two paragraphs? You think he didn't spend a week getting that paragraph exactly right? No, just to find out that Vite is now, no, no, Vite is dead. New best friends with Laravel mix. The whole dude, it's so upsetting. I thought Vite was an option. It's not a requirement, is it? Oh, is it it's, yeah, it's, no. cur- it's currently it's totally it's currently an option. Not, you just it's currently an option. Yeah, right just, now. just yeah. pull up it, the it documents be... and it says, "Hey, if you still want to use Laravel Mix, here's the ancient documentation that references it." <laughs> I know, dude. It's All right. such horseshit. We switch. We switch from Mix to to Vite for a reason. I don't. Hey, Vite. But you, you would. You Vite's great, done, and you know you what they, you know what they do back. really well. Damn it. Yeah. Chill out for a second. Yes. You've done that back in a little time, right? A few weeks. It's for a couple months. Like the front end developers went to some view conference, came back and said, All right, we need to move to Vite and they made it happen. How how painful was so it? So I mean, be clear, we're not talking about Laravel application. This is right. This it's is not La- stuff. Yeah, it's not Laravel right. at all. How said, how, uh, how painful was it for you guys? I don't know because I'm not a front end person, so I don't pay attention. I don't think it was that <laughs> bad. So we had talked about it like a few episodes back, and 
they came back to me and said, we never said that it was shit. <laughs> he wasn't that mad about it. It was more like we had just outgrown care. mix. He didn't get all Byte, Tom about Byte, it. Bite was the next thing. It was the proper move to make it. No, I can read between the lines. I just, I just, I was saying, John, you missed this. I was just saying, one week after Vite was announced, the new default, the creator of Laravel News released an article that was about how to use Mix to improve performance on your application. I just want to put out there, anybody so who's you looking wanna... to hire Tom, he doesn't usually drink during working hours, so he's not this okay, Don't start lying to people. Dude, I'm, trying, I'm honestly trying to help you here. <laughs> yes, Vite is better. But to make a change where the... the but if it's, uh, if it's not going to change and, and you're required to use it in your current application, what's the problem? They're saying new applications that... Like, if you do a Laravel new and that's the default, then you have to I mean, to, to be fair, I mean, to, to be fair on that statement... Not to beat um, a dead horse. The way Enterprise. that Laravel iterates you're going to be forced to use it very soon. Like the moment Laravel nine comes out, if you're going to stay current, you're going to be forced to use it. I mean, this is something, this is a, this is a real world issue for us, right? We're going to have, we're going to have to look at this within the next couple of months because we are, we are trying to stay current with the releases of Laravel. Just maintaining security fixes. You're going to have to look at this because. All right. All right, that's it. That's enough talk on fights. That's dude. enough talk on everything. What, Tom? What else do you have? What? Well, I found a new thing that I'm very interested in. Stack Overflow or Stack Exchange has a code review section. And this this really gets my goat. Like this I am on top of this. Do you, do you have a link for this? I'm not seeing a link it's anywhere. literally yeah. in the Trello board. It's the big question mark thing. Q. New PHP questions? Yes. So Stack Overflow, aside from being an absolute cesspool of horrifically critical people, has... And how I do half of my coding or 90% of my coding? Absolutely. Has a code review website where you can upload your code and say, am I doing this the right way? And tag it with PHP, Laravel, MySQL, whatever you want to tag it with. And I've started just browsing this to see what I'm doing wrong. Like, there are secret behaviors of Laravel that uh, get referenced a lot in here. Uh, a form builder without with validation where somebody says, hey, there's, did you know about this? And you can pull up some cool functionality that you had no idea about. I, I love this because this is, this is always posed as a question that is working, but could it be better? And you get a lot of experts that are, that are saying, yeah, you can, you can take this 20 lines of code and boil it down to one line of code and it makes sense that this is such a great learning resource. If you're interested in something specific, there are also bounties. So if you do know something, you can say, Hey, I know the best way to do this. I I'm totally willing to help. I'll get points for it. 
Uh, but there's there's great stuff here. I'm not impressed with the first couple I've clicked on. So anyway. Well, you have to look at the answers. Not- there's there's a lot of not impressive code as the question or as the code review, but the answers, somebody taking 20 lines and making it a one line solution and saying like, Hey, this is PSR 12 and here's how you reference things correctly. That's cool. Yeah. But these things are answered. When was this answered? Two days ago. And they're, they're saying use doc blocks for saying, Hey, this is a string. This is an array. No, we have type hinting. Now you don't use doc blocks to do your type hinting anymore. Maybe you should type that in there, John. Yeah. You'll get points. Yeah, you get points. I, I don't want points. Well, I want I want people to come to PHP Arch for their. I literally live. I literally live for points now. Yeah. All I have going for me. Told you. Write an article. We will give you money. We will pay you to write an article. It's like Stack Overflow, except you know it's real money. And, and, you become a, and you become a I am, truly published author because you go into a print, printed magazine. Well, I'm already a published looks, author. Looks great on a resume. Looks great on a resume. I've also managed and, several user groups. And the August issue is out as of a few days ago. And great one. It is. Boy, we hustled. For what's that your, what's your headline? I forgot we haven't talked about What's that. your headline topic? Our feature article. Is that what you're asking? Fine, we- yeah. <laughs> You're going to love this. <laughs> Converting a relational database to a graph database. Oh, I do yes. like that. that that's I, one I of the features. No, I do really like that. The other feature article is is using Vim. <laughs> we talked about that last week, though. I already spoiled that one. Yep. And one of the one of the better articles in the magazine. And if you're interested in what's in the magazine and you're not subscribed, there is a podcast over at PHP Podcasts, PHP Architect called PHP Podcasts, that kind of gives you a little bit of a hint. We don't give away the magazine, but we'll let you know. There's yeah, a we- great article in there on Blueprint, which is something that our guy J Mac from Laravel Shift created. That I never really paid a lot of attention to, but after reading Joe Ferguson's column, I'm like, hey, man, this actually sounds pretty cool. I'm going to have to give this a shot. So, Good stuff. All right. With that said, if you're not a subscriber to PHP Architect, you should think about doing that. One thing that's often missed, and I am going to continue to hammer this home to people, when you subscribe to PHP Architect, our entire back catalog opens up to you. So you get all the magazines from the beginning of time. They're available to you in digital format. As long as you are a subscriber, you have continued access to them. It's, I mean, really you can't get a better deal. So consider to be, consider being a PHP architect subscriber, consider to be a Patreon supporter of PHP ugly. Consider, I don't know, finding Tom a job. God, (laughs) We, with we that, will get into that we later. We are going to wrap this up. There's no later wrapping it up. This has been episode 200 of 200 of? <laughs> 297. 200 of 300. Of PHP Ugly. I'm Eric. I'm John. 
I'm Tom. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. ugly. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host named Thomas because he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this because the people... People love me. Shouts out to PHP, the ugly. It's called ugly because it's not professional. But I'm about to come through and bless it with style. So let's do it when I'm spitting. I perfume the room. Yo, the segment of the show is called Doom and Gloom. That came from Thomas. Yeah, can nobody go beyond this? I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise. Yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish. We talking about the PHP, the programming language. About to break it down, no exaggeration. What do y'all do for a living? Well, Applications, okay, I can dig it. My words spray tight. Uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights. Yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude. I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube. So let's get it. You know my lyrics are major. All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing. Keep it ugly. We ending every show with the saying it's lovely. Let's go. Yeah, come on.